On this July 4th, I would like to talk to you about four Julys. The first July is July 1775. No, not 76. 1775. Did you know our Continental Congress was meeting in July of 1775? Well, 12 of the 13, even back then, Georgia's had trouble with their elections. <laughs> and that Continental Congress back there in July 2nd of 1775 or 6, uh, or July 6th, made a declaration. But not a declaration of independence, a olive branch declaration as it's called, in which they sent to King George as loyal colonists a request for his help, for his righting of wrongs, for justice, for restoration, to let them be a part of their own governing, to release some of the most terrible bans and injustices. And they wrote these as colonists, and they said they were colonists. And they brought, tried to get King George and the Britons to embrace their great heritage of justice and fair dealing, and ask for fairness and for doing the right thing. They pointed out the excesses and promised that they would, you know, abide by law and order, you know, if, uh, if they had law and order, if the crown would come and do right by them, they would do right by them. They pledged their allegiance and their fealty to the monarch and to King George. Now remember, this was after, not just a tea party, that was almost a decade ago, but it was after shots were fired. It was after Lexington and Concord. It was after Bunker Hill. There's been shots fired. Well, uh, there's been riots. There's been violence. There's been trouble in the street. There's been disruption of commerce. The absolute worst thing that could ever happen. You know, bottom lines matter. And after all that, in this July of 1775, they asked the powers and structures and principalities and monarchs to do the right thing and called on them to deliver justice, to lift the burdens and the laws and the suppression, to let them vote for their own representatives and laws and not have them imposed upon them. All very reasonable requests done in a reasonable way, in the most gracious way, especially when you remember there was rioting going on. Well, what happened? Nothing. King George reportedly, and I believe this, didn't even read that Olive Branch Declaration. Instead, he condemned the violence, condemned them for 
forming a political party for raising an army and navy. That might have been a little bit too far. He had nothing to say to these people because there are violence. Who do they think they are going against the monarchy? Taking up arms against the king's soldiers who are there to preserve law and order, protect and serve. Not a very good July. Second July I want to talk about is the one that you'll probably be talking about today and over this weekend. Of course, July 1776, the next year. Now, rightfully so, you might be uh, reading the Declaration of Independence and looking at all the inalienable rights and that's a great thing and there's quite a list of grievances there. But in those things it doesn't say please fix them, it just says here's what he did. And the most important part of this is, well the rights are important, the grievances are important, but the beginning and the end of that is the most important thing. Because at the beginning they don't talk about being colonists anymore. And at the end they don't say that they are the 12 colonies of the United States. Georgia's finally got there. They're all there. Well, maybe we could blame Georgia on independence. I'm not sure. But on the last part, they say, we, the United States of America. Now, none of that's been done. We got a war to fight before that. And it's not so sure we're going to win, but they declared they were not colonists. They were the United States of America, where all white landholding men are free and had rights. That wasn't true. But it's what they believed and what they were going to live and what they pledged their honor and their lives to in that very different summer of 1776. We asked, we tried, we petitioned, we had examples, we had lawsuits, we had riots. You wouldn't listen. So we're going to stop talking to you and start living right in the way we want to be. And if you have trouble with that, that's okay. We're ready to back up what we believe with our lives, our property, and our sacred honor. Now the 3rd July is a little shaky. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the Bible's not really good on timestamps. I don't know when this incident happened, but go along with me, let's say it's happened in July. Eh, somewhere around AD 33. I don't even know the year. But I figure I got about an 8% chance of being right saying it's July, I'm going to take it. And in that July of AD 33, here comes Jesus. Now you may have missed the subtleness of our scripture. And God bless the gospel writers and the translators and the church and everyone else down the age who cleaned the things up. Did you notice the place where it turned? Well, I mean, first they say 
Jesus is wonderful. Where did he get all this knowledge? It's, it, it's wonderful words. Look at this deeds of power he's doing and all that. You know, like what you all say after I preach here. You know, that kind of stuff. And you notice the turn? And what turns a crowd against him? Eugene Peterson in the message. Uh, not really a translation, more like a commentary, running commentary on the Bible. He takes this scripture and reformats it and says, Who does he think he is? And everybody turned and said, That's right. Jesus says it's supposed to be like that. That's not his place. That's not the way he should be. Did you catch that weird thing? You know, for us, you know, we're looking, you know, 2,000 years down the road. And we think, what is that Son of Mary stuff? Now remember, this Son of Mary phrase, this was before Mary is the woman with the most statues in the world. And I got this straight from a 1980s Trivial Pursuit game, so I know it's right. Before the veneration of Mary, before the blue everywhere, before rosaries and all that, you got to remember, this is first generation, this is Jesus pre-resurrection, before everybody. That son of Mary was no compliment. Remember what we're dealing with. We're in a patriarchal society. Oh my gosh, the definition of patriarchal. Where all that matters is who your dad is. Who your father is. What your lineage is. So it's not son of Joseph. It's son of Mary. You know, he doesn't have a father. We don't know who that father is. Now, my wife, God bless her. She told me I couldn't say the B word that they were calling him in church. I check out things with her. I said, can I say this in church? And she usually says no. And she, I checked out with her and she said, no, you can't say that. So they were calling him a mustard. So you got, you got to catch that in there. It just slides it over. But they're saying, you mustard. Who are you to lecture us about how to live? Who are you to tell us what we're doing is wrong? Who are you? And you know what? I get that same thing in church. Who are these people telling us what pronouns to use? Who are these people telling us about racism? Who are these people? They don't belong here. Oh yes, friends and neighbors, there's still honor-shame culture alive and well in America today. You know, honor and shame. Somebody gets honored, that means someone else has got to reduce honor. You know how that is? Like, you know when Jeff, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, there's a list of rich people. He's at the top. You know, I'm looking forward when he goes out into space, because you know what that means. Jeff Bezos goes out in space, every one of us moves one notch up on the wealthy list. Because he's not on earth anymore. He's going to make us all rich. Finally. Finally, a little trickle down from orbit. That's how honor and shame works. Everybody's got a place on the list. And don't you move. 
And that mustard son of Mary, he has no right to tell us anything. After all we've done for them, they dare to lecture us on critical race theory. How dare they? Don't they know their place? That's right. Right here we see Jesus is uppity and doesn't know his place. And what happens to this on this July? Jesus takes it pretty well. He's astonished by it. <laughs> Nothing much changed. Maybe we got used to it over the years and decades and millennia. And he could do no mighty power there. See, just like King George, who doesn't want to listen to those colonists, the people in Jesus' time, they want to listen to that person who didn't know their place. So what happened? Well, just like in 1776, Jesus says, okay, I gave it a good shot. <laughs> I tried. I tried to tell him. And he says, we're going to go ahead and live the way that we think we should live. We're going to go out two by two. Proclaim God's good news, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, freedom. We're going to bring up the downtrodden. We're going to bring down the overbearing. We're not going to do this for profit or greed or capitalism. We're going to do this together and rely on the good natures of others. And if they don't want to be with us, we're going to shake the dust off. And that was a curse. That wasn't just, you know, personal hygiene. It wasn't some sort of, you know, six feet, stay your dis social distance kind of thing back then. It was. All right, you're on your own and to H with you. I didn't ask my wife if I could say that. So. And in both those cases, 1776, and in this case, where Jesus went off alone. Think about what great things happened. When people stopped worrying about being in their place and whether or not it's appropriate and cramming that down our throats. I heard that one too. It says we're going to live the right way. And if you want to get on board, you can. But we're going to do great things. We're going to be a great nation. We're going to be a light of democracy and freedom. People are going to want to come here from all over. It's hard to keep that up. But we've done okay so far. And it's only if we go back to keeping people in their place that we'll lose it. And we won't be able to do great things like we have. Now I'm into the 4th July. Have you been keeping track? I know there's at least one. <laughs> the 4th July July 2021 y'all have a choice just like they did back in that July in Nazareth back like they did those colonists in 1775 and 1776 
And you keep hoping and asking and waiting. Saying, now is not the time. You're too much in a rush. People aren't ready for that yet. You can be that way. 1775 and the folks at Nazareth. And we won't be able to do great works. If we go back to saying we got to get back to the way it should be. Where everybody needs to be where they were in 1950. Where everyone knew without a doubt which drinking thotting was theirs. You know, the good old days for white males. And not listen to anyone else. Because, you know, they're rioting. They're rebellious. There's been shots fired. They have nothing to say to us. It's not their place. They're ungrateful for all that we have done for them. If we do that, I'll guarantee you, we won't have a great country. And we won't have a great faith. I hope all of you go forth this July 4th, remembering those four Julys, and that you would choose to follow Jesus, two by two, whatever you can do, wherever you can, not for personal profit or gain, and seek not to restore society and shut people back in their places, but seek to heal the sick. To lift up the downtrodden, to help people, to cast out demons that perplex and what are the demons today? What keep people from living full and productive and happy lives? What keeps people from life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Homelessness, not having enough housing. We've got enough, we just don't distribute it right. Hunger, we got enough food, we just don't give it out. Not be able to choose a representative and taxation without representation, a common theme. We are founded on that people cho choose their legislators and not in the monarchy, the legislators choose their people. Go out and fight them demons. For the answer is not to return to where everyone knew their place and no one was uppity, but to follow that uppity savior, that mustard son of God, who shows us a new way of life, a new way of living. And we can be great as Christians and as a country. Amen.